Listener Production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, I'm joined by Jay-Z Clark, who's going to put the heat on Carlton and coach Michael Voss. We will look at the Brisbane Lions and where their game is at, and we'll also preview the modern-day rivalry between the Giants and the Dogs. That's up next on Footy Talk. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Footy Talk on this Saturday. We get all the daily dose of footy news, interviews, analysis from the world of AFL. And as he does every Saturday, Jay-Z Clark joins me. And Jay-Z, we always love to start with a look back at last night's footy. And gee, the Blues, weren't they disappointing? Well, do you reckon the Carlton fan wakes up this morning with just that feeling of, of unease and uncertainty? Because this year, after missing the finals last year, Joey, no excuses for the Carlton Football Club this year. We know about the the injuries last year. The back line, you know, was depleted. They had to go find a mid-season def- uh, yeah, a defender in the mid-season draft. No excuses for the Blues. And I, I reckon they have been absolutely just going. And last night we got a real reflection of where Carlton is really at. And I am uncomfortable with where they sit. Well, I've got a couple of friends that are Carlton supporters and they are disappointed. And you know probably why more this year than the previous 20? Right. Because this year there was actually expectation. Yeah. They had expectation that they believed that, and I did as well, they could be a top four team. They'd certainly be a finals team. But after what I've seen in recent weeks and they're being there live last night, I feel not right now like they are just an average team. Mm-hmm. Now, average might still sneak them in the eight. They, mm-hmm. they still might because it's going to be pretty even through that middle part. Yeah. But they're not this top four side that I thought they would be and what they should be on paper. Yep. Because on paper, they lack for nothing, Jay-Z. They've got the forwards. They've got the midfield. They've got a rock-solid defense, outside run, inside balls. Um, I rate the captain and coach, but at the moment, they're, they're a bit lost in what they're trying to do. I know they got an easy kill against West Coast. Their yes. previous win was an easy kill on Good Friday against Kangaroos that they had no, one had no key defenders, yep. and they played got away with it yep. late in the game. But mm-hmm. other than that, they've had some bad losses now. So interesting times for the Blues back to the drawing board. Do you reckon you look at method a lot, right? Mm. And you're, you're very good at this. You are very good at this. Do you think Carlton is trying to play the right way with the stock that they've got and the trends that the, the, the way football is going? Do you back in their plan? No, I don't. No, I think I've, and I watched it closely and, um, and I think they are a bit confused and they don't have an exact method of what they want to do. I think they overhandle when they should kick. I think they kick when they should actually use the handball and run. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think they, they're a bit unsure about what they're trying to do. I think they're in two minds of, Wanting to get the ball down to Colonel Mackay quickly, yep. But at the same time, you've got to have some system and method behind it. You can't just blast away and get it down there and think that they'll just solve all the problems, even though they have for yep. a fair part of the year. But even their entries to those boys, they just kick it in yep. and let Charlie. How many times have you seen Charlie or Harry get easy goals mm-hmm. where the system has just meant like Tom Hawkins? Think yes. about how many easy goals Tom Hawkins or Jeremy Cameron get yep. because of the ball movement up the field, yep. running and carrying and then getting an easy little dinky kick. Or yep. It just seems everything's hard for the Blues, which mm. to me is their method and system and not everyone being on the same page. That's the bigger problem for me because and I, I spend a lot of time at footy clubs. You know, you kick around watching trainings in car parks and how you go. And the big thing at St Kilda and Essendon I've noticed this year, Joey, is you ask the players and the coaches, well, what's going well for you this year? And, and the consistent feedback I get from these two clubs is clarity. We all know what we're doing. Like you say then, we're, Blues are a bit confused. I feel the the reason behind the St Kilda Ness and Rebirth this year is just how simple and easy and straightforward it is for the players mm. who probably aren't as high as talent as Carlton. But when you say um, it's un, it's unclear and a bit messy, that really worries me. What about these next three games? We'll get to Brisbane in a sec, but 
They play the Western Bulldogs next week at Marvel Stadium. They've got Collingwood at the MCG. They've got Sydney and Melbourne to follow, and then Essendon. That is as that is this is the difficult, most difficult part of Carlton's season. It's a huge acid, t- acid test, and the the headlines in a month, if you fast forward, could be really interesting if the w- wheels fall off. Mm. Because what does Brian Cook and his team do if Carlton have, has another failed year? Well, they've got it. It's still a long way off, but you've got to continue to evolve. You can evolve in season. So the coaches have got to be aware of, of what's not working. You're never playing the same at round eight as you are at round no. twenty two. So we they last year they did the opposite. They played awesome footy the first half of the year, then fell away. Their ball movement stopped after the halfway mark. Yep. So they can turn it around. They've just got to get to work and and buy in it. And I still do believe in Vossi that they can get to work, but they need to start to figure it out soon because otherwise, if you said the next four or five weeks, if they let that slip away too much, then their season might be shot and it, and it makes it too hard. But it was a a 26-point win to the Brisbane Lions. It was pretty impressive in the end. Again, it felt like more than that. It did, didn't watching it? it. Yeah, it they, felt they, like a 50 well, they point squandered win. chances, didn't yeah. they, to keep Carlton in it and, and then really got uh, got on a roll. And then late, they sort of put the, uh, the the queue in the rack, Brisbane, and Carlton had a little bit of a sniff mm-hmm. to make the scoreline look respectable. I think it was at 40 points at one stage. But a couple of really impressive efforts by the Brisbane Lions, in particular Josh Dunkley yes. going to Paddy Cripps. Yep. Uh, that was one of the big big wins for Chris Fagan and the Brisbane Lions. Surely the umpire are going to hand over the three votes in this one because it was one of the best individual performances of the, of the season against the Brownlow medalist. Chris Fagan, the senior coach of the Brisbane Lions, was absolutely delighted with his new recruit. I've just got to say it's one of the great games I've ever seen. He played on Cripps all night. He had 33 touches. He had 13 tackles. And he kept Cripps to a, a quiet game. I would have settled for Cripps having a quiet game, to be honest with you, but Josh's influence on the contest was exceptional. And his leadership since he's been at the club has been outstanding. And um, Josh did one of, the, yeah, one of the really great defensive and offensive performances, I reckon. Howdy, how, how? It was a good, good. It was a good game. I'm not sure one of the all-time great games. <laughs> Has he seen a few Lockie Neal's games? But he was. He, he absolutely took the honours on on Paddy Cripps, and uh, and it was a huge factor in the game. So the, and the balance is really hard, is it, for a midfielder, Joey? Like, how, can you explain how difficult that might be to be responsible for the best midfielder in the competition last year, but then also be trying to win the ball yourself? Like, there's a lot going on. Contest to contest for Josh Dunkley. Yeah, there is. There's plenty to think about, and it is the hardest role. I suppose the thing with Paddy Cripps is you've only got to really nullify him at the stoppage and around the contest because mm-hmm. that's where he, you know, he wins out of his 30 disposals, 20 yeah. of them are in the contest. Yeah. So once you do that and you nullify him, then you can actually go and run and spread and get a bit of your ball yourself, and then you regroup at the next stoppage or the next contest and and start again. So, um, no, I, look, he has the body size to match Paddy Cripps. He's got the tank as well. Yep. And uh, that was definitely his best game as a Brisbane Lion. Chris Fagan went on to say that he does unlike – well, not unlike, but he does more homework on his opponent than most players, which is interesting inside. He said he's religious in, in watching Good. Cripps throughout the week and all his opponents. So that is interesting. Do you know what I think the biggest tick for Brisbane has been this year? Jack Payne. Spot My on. gosh, Nathan Brown in the Triple M call yep. almost threw up. He could be an All-Australian. Wow. He hasn't lost a one-on-one contest. I know, Rudy, it's a bit of a stretch to say <laughs> All-Australian. I saw that eyebrow raise, but um, he was awesome again. Yes. He kept Charlie Curnow to, what, just the um, one goal? Yep. So he was excellent, and he's hardly been beaten in a, in a one-on-one contest. So that has been a massive find for the Brisbane Lions. If you walk down Chapel Street, would anyone recognise him, do you reckon? <laughs> no, no chance. <laughs> but that was the question mark, right? Brisbane, we knew, had a gun midfield. We knew they had the weapons forward, Cameron Hipwood, Danaher, etc. Bailey's a star. But it's like, right, how is the defence going to go? That was the thing. Did they need to recruit their bolster defence? Adams is out. We know Charlie Gardner's been – Charlie Gardner. 
Um, the other Gardner. Darcy Gardner. Darcy Gardner. Keeping him out of the team. Yep. Charlie Gardner played for Geelong. Um, and so then Jack Payne emerges and their defence looks good with Harris Andrews. And there's no bigger test than against Mackay and Kerno. So it's the, looking like the complete team five wins in a row. That's the part for me that's impressive about the Brisbane Lions. Everyone talks about their offence and their firepower and Charlie Cameron, etc. But defensively, they are stacking up now week after week. They're, uh, they've been conceding 60, 80, 70 sort of points against the game. So that's what you need to be mm-hmm. to win a premiership. That's the only thing that's been Brisbane's knock. Remember last year, they were playing in shootouts, even in the final against Richmond. It was a shootout. Can't do that against the really strong teams at the pointy end of the year. So all the signs are pointing in the right direction for the Brisbane Lions. Uh, outstanding, uh, Joe. If you, could you, if you could time capsule the grand final, well, where would you go with at the oh. moment? Because oh, I sort of feel like at that pointy end, it is it has been tricky to get a real solid read on yeah. the Geelongs, the Melbournes. I think we are starting as these weeks go on, and people still laugh, but it does happen every year. We are starting to get some separations in regards to where you bracket the teams. And I think right now, Melbourne, Collingwood, I've got Brisbane now in that bracket. They'll finish, I think, top four because they'll win a yep. lot of home games. Geelong in that? Geelong probably, yep. yeah, sneaking in That's that. That's the four. They're the four, aren't they? I think yep. most of us would agree at the moment. Yep. And then there's a, a bit of a gap to, you know, the Port Adelaide, St Kilda, Sydney's and teams that, you know, we still think are a strong side. So plenty to play out. Yep. But the Brisbane Lions got the job done. Carlton, back to the drawing board, really disappointing. And as you said, a tough next five weeks. And there'll be some scrutiny on Michael Voss, yep. I think, if they can't get the win. Hey, we'll take a little break because up next we want to chat about some of the other games this weekend. Yes. uh, We're going to have a chat about the Giants and Western Bulldogs rivalry, one of the great sort of new modern rivalries in AFL football. But you're listening to Footy Talk and you're listening on the Apple Podcast or Spotify. For Hawthorne fans, Mm -hmm. they were nervous booting out O'Meara and Mitchell. Is the Hawthorne midfield better in 2023? You want to get there? It was in 2022. You might need some time to think about that. Beautiful. Leave us a review or rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you have a question for us, hit us up on Instagram or TikTok. I'm with Jay-Z. Clark, Jay-Z, you just mentioned the Hawks. Yes. You want to touch on them and the improved midfield since they've moved on from O'Meara and Mitchell? Doing something midweek is really interesting. Like, I think when when they did punt uh, Mitchell and O'Meara and they lose their first two games, we called it on the Sunday rub by 140 points, Essendon-Sydney. We thought Hawthorne was going to be the easy beats of the competition. Certain wooden spoon. There has been a revival over the past five weeks, so really take my hat off to them. Young Connor Nash looks like one of the most improved players of the competition. Uh, John Newcomb, uh, James Warple, Will Day, uh, Josh Ward, uh, McKenzie, Cam McKenzie for Hawthorne. I feel like it's been one of the most unexpected plot twists in the competition that these guys can go from the last ranked clearance offer operation in the competition last year with Mitchell and O'Meara mm. to all of a sudden fourth. How does that can you, can you riddle me that? Because it is one of the most surprising things of the year for me. You take those two gun ball winners out and you go up the clearances. Yeah, oh, look, it's another lesson in what opportunity does. You can Opportunity can sometimes allow things to flourish and, mm-hmm. and even just playing youngsters and moving players around in different positions. And sometimes you'd be surprised about what you can uncover. And I agree with you. I, I did something on the Hawks midfield last week in that Bulldogs game where mm-hmm. they took it up to the Western Bulldogs, who were probably the best clearance and contest team mm-hmm. or one of the best in the comp. And at halftime, they were all over them. Yeah. Smashed them. Newcomb's going to be – or already – he's not going to be. I think he already is a star. Yeah. Newcomb with his power. Will Day's getting better every game. He plays in the midfield. Warple, you touched on. I'm liking his – Extra responsibility. So it's been credit to the Hawks um, and Sam Mitchell. They just now need to build a forward line around yes. so they get reward for their effort for the clearance wins 
and the contest wins. But they are doing a lot right, the Hawks. They're still a long way off from their rebuild and need to get a lot more into that side and a lot more experience. But uh, that is one facet of their game that they've been able to tick all the boxes. From a list management strategy, from a trade period strategy, they will invest forward of the ball now. They will be looking in the forward half of the ground for more quality because they've been able to perform reasonably well without Mitch Lewis. He took 11 marks, I think you called the game last week. So with him back in the team, they become more damaging. But certainly uh, come October, they'll be looking... Uh, in front of the contest for some more quality. There's some big games this weekend. Collingwood-Sydney, the Sunday rub, we're going to do that. That'll be a beauty. Uh, Port Adelaide-Essendon, another great game. But the one that we want to touch on, GWS Giants and the Dogs, one of the great modern rivalries. And there's no one better to take us through it than Dale Thomas with his great mate and former GWS Giant, Heath Shaw. Heath, a massive game coming up this afternoon. The Giants take on the Dogs at Giants Stadium. These two sides don't like each other. It goes back and the Giants, been in the... um, competition now a fair while, but in terms of biggest rivals, I think it will be the Dogs. You've lived it? Yeah, I think it was It was funny because both of the teams like coming through at the start, we were sort of down the bottom and mm. then we like progressed up the ladder together and we had some good games where we knocked them off or they knocked off us off. Um, the 216 prelim oh, probably was the one that hurt the most and accelerated that rivalry and then from then on, every game it was on for young and old. So, oh, like, I love the rivalry. I reckon it, it was great for a team that had no natural rival apart from your crosstown rival, which, like, you did it because they were over there and you wanted to sort of turf battle, but um, this was actually a genuine genuine hatred. The 2018 final when Toby started scratching eyes, and I think you guys, did you go on, was it 2018, 2017? That was 2019. 2019, when there was a, a spot fires everywhere, the bont was bashed up by you guys. Is that a direction for the coach, or was that player-driven? I think that is a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> it's funny, because Leon used to play for... The Bulldogs. Yes. But I don't know if he liked the Bulldogs that much. So it was great. Um, that game was huge because we went out there and we weren't even favourites for that no, you game. Weren't. And then we launched at them and we beat them by, I think we beat them by 40 points. Um, like, yeah. Yeah, and bashed them up. So, Genuinely bashed them up in and around the footy. Yeah. I remember to- uh, the bomb was in the ruck and he went up, he brought it back to ground and Toby Green was like feverishly on him. Yeah, it's good. It's good for footy. You need these types of rivalries, even if it's not your crosstown rivalry, your traditional rivalry. If it's built from somewhere out of spite or out of like passion, then that's super for footy. The crosstown rival was last week, the Battle of the Bridge, a one-point victory, I think it was, to the Giants. Yes. Was that manufactured at the start, or did you hate them because you were sharing the city? Because it seems like now that he's genuine as well. I didn't really hate them because my brother actually played for them and, <laughs> and I actually knew most of the boys before I knew the names of Giants guys. So Not to mention your head-butted Kirk Tippett's knee. Yeah, I can't really say that I hated the Swans, but again, it, it, it grew over time and I think there was a final, our first final ever, um, we played against the Swans and we flogged them Ooh. out at ANZ Stadium um, and that sort of set it alight and Stevie J hip and shouldered Josh Kennedy and knocked him out and Ooh. he got a week and yeah, Bang. all those little things yep. add up and the rivalry is definitely there now and we get ourselves up for those types of games because it is huge and we're two AFL teams in an NRL town so we need to build it up as much as humanly possible. I think the fact that the Giants became pretty competitive, pretty quick against the Swans. I think that certainly helps. And same with the Bulldogs. When you've got like those clashes where it goes one way, then the other, and someone will run their mouth about how they played last time, then it's not forgotten. Yeah. And that adds to it all, the theatre. Like the Geelong-Hawthorne run of, yes. what was it? How many Can games? It curse? Under, under 10 points yeah. or something like that. Some ridiculous. It, it always helps when you've got stats to back up. 
anything? Well, that is uh, the case. The Dogs have beaten the Giants in their last four or five, is my stat. Do they win today? I really, really hope the Giants win, but I think the Bulldogs are in red-hot form and they've got some good tools up front that, might stretch the Giants a little mm. bit on a little ground. Just get it in there, Dale. That's what I'm thinking as well. Hey, thank you very much. It's the dogs for me, the Giants, maybe for Heath with a possibility of a dogs winning. Anyway, not the point. Hey, Joey and Jay, tell me what you got coming up. Thank you, lads. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for that one. That'll be a beauty. As we said, Jay-Z, a couple of other cracking games this weekend. I'm looking forward to Collingwood-Sydney, Fremantle-Hawthorne you touched on as well. But we will always finish our Saturday show with what will be the back page headline yeah. on Sunday or Monday morning. What do you think yeah. we'll be talking about? Dimmer loses his mo- – no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, <laughs> Damien. He's been cranky in the press conferences they face yeah. on West Coast today. Don't no, that'll be fight fine. you can't win. No, for me, it's a, as Heater and, um, and Daisy just said, I, th- I think it'll be around the, the dog's bite. They play Carlton next week, and should they go in favourite for that? I think they'll beat GWS – on Saturday night, right? I think Toby Green will be missing uh, for the Giants. I think Marcus Bontempelli leads the Bulldogs to another victory. It takes them to the to the top four after a shaky start to the season. Remember, people were calling for his Luke Beveridge's head, Joey. You remember that? Yes, they? We yes. keep tickets on this sort of stuff. It's going to take them to the top four, and then all the build-up next week will be about um, the Bulldogs and whether they can really lay it into Carlton, which would – Leave their season in a very tricky position. So I think it'll be about the Dogs tomorrow, knocking off the Giants. There's a lot of feeling between those two teams. And Green's absence, I think, will be costly for the Giants. Right. For me, it'll be separation at the top. I think when you look at Ooh. the ladder, Port Adelaide will beat Essendon, St Kilda will beat North, Melbourne will beat the Gold Coast, Collingwood mm. beat Sydney, and all of a sudden there'll be a top sort of five or six just mm. starting to really break away from the rest of the competition, and all of a sudden, there'll only be a couple of spots left in the eight for these other teams, the chasing peloton. Yes. And we'll start to see the cream rise to the top through this sort of next two to three Ooh. weeks of the year. Like cream. Which always sort of happens. So can't wait for that. Hey, thank you for your time, Jay-Z. Enjoy. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good one. Tomorrow, we'll go around the grounds and analyse all the action. We'll look at the GWS Giants-Bulldogs game and recap the Freo-Hawthorne game. Until then, enjoy your weekend.